Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we wanna encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description of this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring this message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Guys, we are gonna go into our time of worship this morning and I just wanted to share something that God has been revealing to me in a really cool way. You know, I know that he's the God of the highs and the lows. I know that he's the God of the valley and the mountaintop. And I think it's easy for us to just want and to, to just really search after that mountaintop experience with God. But what he's revealing to me is I would not know how sweet it is unless I would have gone through the valley. I would not know what he had rescued me from if I hadn't been rescued from that place. Does that make sense? So it's like, if, if I wouldn't understand the depths of his love, I wouldn't understand the depths of his power. I wouldn't understand the depth if I wouldn't go through that. So whether you are in the valley this morning, whether you are on the mountaintop, we are going to worship, we are going to praise his name in every season. Can we do that this morning? Okay, come on. Every 
Palm Sunday. This weekend is just a reminder and is in celebration of our Savior's triumphal entry into Jerusalem so many years ago. And a lot of things happened that week. Of course, his death and resurrection happened that week, which we will be celebrating next week, uh, but also the Lord's Supper. And in the towards the end of the week, Jesus brought his best friends around and they had dinner together. And he, he just said, you know what? There's some things that are coming. And he had a meal that we've celebrated now ever since then. And that is the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. So as you came in, you should have received a cup that has both your bread and your juice in it. If you are a Christian, if you believe in Jesus as your savior, then you are welcome to participate in the Lord's Supper with us. So as you get ready to do that, as Jesus was having the meal, he decided that he wanted to tell his disciples what was gonna happen, but also he wanted to pray over the meal and give thanks. So let's do that. Lord, we thank you so much for what the Lord's Supper represents. We thank you so much, Lord God, that you sacrificed so much for us. I thank you, Lord, that you, your body was broken on the cross for us, that your blood was shed, that we might have life and have it eternally. And that that blood, Lord, was a cleansing of our sins, both past, present, and future. We thank you for Palm Sunday. We thank you for what it represents. We thank you for the Lord's Supper. And we continue to worship now as we participate in it as the family of Christ. Scripture says on that night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and he said, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So Lord, we thank you for what you did for us. We thank you, Lord, that it is an eternal gift. And because of that, Lord, we have eternal life. And we just want to love, we just want to tell you how much we love you. We want to continue to worship you now on this very special weekend. We love you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.
we know you'll move mountains for us. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that you have done that so many times in our lives. Parted the seas, you knocked down giants. And just because you love us. Thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this series that we've been in where we can see throughout history how you've rescued your people over and over again. And in that same power that you used to rescue those people, you used to rescue us. So we praise you for that, Lord. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for our relationship with you. We love you and we praise you. Soften our hearts now as we get ready to receive this message. Help us, Lord Jesus, to always be the church you want us to be. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. You guys can have a seat as you make your way back to your seats. Thank you so much for joining us on this Palm Sunday. If you're visiting with us in the auditorium, thank you so much. Uh, also, we would love to have a record of you being here and get you some more information. Uh, whether you're here with us in the service or you're watching with us online, we understand that you've passed up a lot of other churches to be here with us today, and we thank you so much for doing that. Thank you and welcome uh, and to being a part of our family. Now, if you'd like some more information about the church, super easy to get it. If you'll just text the word fellowship to 94,000 on your phones, uh, you will get some information, a link to some more information. And if you're visiting here within the auditorium, if you wanna swing by the information counter, uh, we have a special gift for you, uh, for all of you that are in your visiting party. But thank you so much uh, for being a part of Fellowship Church on this Palm Sunday. Now, here's a, something that's going on, something that we give to on a regular basis here at Fellowship, and we wanted to basically just give you an update of what's happening uh, through Convoy of Hope uh, over in, in, in the Ukraine. You know, this has been a trip of stark contrasts. The excitement of products and supplies being loaded in Ukraine in small, unmarked vehicles, and then going east to where it is most needed and most dangerous. The angst of waiting on international shipments. The good news is there are eight containers on the water right now with 24 additional right behind them bringing more food, medicines, and everyday necessities here to our warehouse in Poland. The joy of seeing in Lviv, Ukraine, churches packed the morning after the city was bombed. And the city itself bustling with both faith in God and defiance to the aggressors. Then seemingly minutes later, the air raid sirens sounding, sending people to bomb shelters, Again, and there's one more giant contrast we've noticed. This is the crematorium of a former Nazi concentration camp and all that brings to mind. But literally right across the street is the Convoy of Hope warehouse where hope and a whole lot of help is being delivered directly into Ukraine. Thanks for your help. Together, we are taking hope to where it needs to be. So each Monday after our Sunday services, the first check that we write is to Convoy of Hope. And it's because of your generosity, generosity that we're able to do that. Now, here's the thing about Convoy of Hope. It's not just sending food to those that need it. You're also sending basically a Christian missionary right into uh, those people's lives because they are praying for people. They are giving out the message of Christ as they are in uh, Eastern Europe. So continue to pray for them. Continue to pray for that ministry. And then if you would like to give an offering uh, either this weekend or next weekend, a special offering uh, that would go towards Convoy of Hope, please know that that will go towards their efforts uh, that, is ha that are happening over in Eastern Europe uh, as, as, as we speak. Well, we're gonna continue to worship now with the giving of tithes and offerings. I hope you've come prepared to give back to the Lord with the giving of tithes and offerings. As you do, let me say a prayer of blessing over you. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for every good and perfect gift that you've given us. We know, Lord Jesus, that we would be in a big old financial mess if it weren't for you. And so we give to you in honor and in worship. And Lord God, as we do, we know that there's protection, there's blessing, there's favor that come, uh, comes along with that. And Lord, for all of our brothers and sisters that are over in uh, Ukraine and in Poland right now that are, that are working so diligently to make sure that there's food and supplies going into that country, we pray protection over them. We pray that you would give them incredible favor 
that, Lord, when they're talking to others, when they're praying to others, Lord, they, they would come to the saving knowledge of you because they're, they're getting uh, the love of Christ shown without any strings attached. We thank you for that. We thank you for that ministry. We thank you we can support that ministry. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you as you give, uh, as you do. We have been in this Rescued series. You'll notice that a lot of us have been wearing Rescued shirts. We got a lot of requests for these. So what we've done is we've ordered a bunch. They are available in the bookstore if you'd like to go back and get those. Uh, they're $15. I got a couple throwaways here. Some, somebody, yeah, yeah. Anybody out there? Anybody out there? I got a, After 50, your, your shoulder clicks. So if you hear a pop in the microphone, that's what that is. Oh, yeah, there you go. Let's see if I can, whew, might have to underarm this one to get it way back there. I, I lost it. Oh, there it is. No. All right, well, I didn't, no concussions this service. That, that's a good thing. Um, also, we've run out almost of a lot of the sizes. So if you would like a rescued shirt, we have them in black. We have them also in white. Uh, you can order those uh, and you can get to your specific size if you would like to do that. Well, we have a lot of cool things coming up. Make sure you guys are inviting your friends next week for uh, Easter. It is gonna be incredible in service, incredible service. And here's a few other things that are happening here at Fellowship. Next week is Easter Sunday. You do not want to miss out on this special Resurrection Sunday. At the visitor counter, there are invite cards for you to give out to all of your neighbors, family, and friends that do not have a church home and you want to share the good news of Christ. With that, our children's ministry will be running on Sunday and Kids Church, that second through fifth graders, will be doing service in 4640. Check-in will still run the same. You'll just be dropping off and picking up your child in a different space. They're gonna be focusing on salvation and making sure that every child that walks into service will leave with praying the prayer of salvation and receiving Christ as their personal savior. They'll also be getting these cards to remember the date and the time that they made this life-changing choice. Baby dedications will be held on April 24th. This is not salvation for your child, but a commitment as a church family to raise up a child in the way that they should go so that when they're older, they will not part from it. This will be a special time of prayer and the Church Center app is open to sign up for a spot in either service. ShareFest projects are rolling in and we want to demonstrate the love of Christ to our community. Register on the Church Center app and a staff member or volunteer will reach out to you with the service project and team information to complete that task. We are scheduled to do these projects April 30th through May 1st, so sign up now. Last week, we got to take a look at the history of God's faithfulness from the beginning of earth through the story of Moses. He is the same God as he was in the Bible, and he has a rescue story for all of us. Listen up for part four of Rescued.
good, guys. Ooh, that was good, y'all. That was good, Kevin. It's good. Thanks, Dan. Well, good morning. Man, we were in a series called Rescued, and I remember when I was 12 years of age, it was the first experience I ever had with the Heavenly Father rescuing me. My parents had put us in a Christian school, and it was chapel that particular day, a Thursday morning. The speaker in the chapel class was Dr. Bob Ware. He described hell right out of the Bible as if he had grown up and was raised there. <laughs> and then he talked about Jesus. He talked about God's plan of salvation. How it's not God's will that any of us would go to this place called heaven, that it was uh, hell because it wasn't even prepared for us. That all we had to do to be able to be rescued from that terrible place was to accept his son Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We couldn't have a relationship with the Heavenly Father by skirting around Jesus, no way. But by believing what he did for us when he came, died on the cross, rose again. And I, at the age of 12, asked Jesus to come into my heart and to be my Savior. And my Heavenly Father rescued my soul. Well, it wouldn't be the only rescue I've experienced in my life, neither would it be for you if you've accepted Christ. Because the Bible says that we have an enemy. In this life, we're going to have tough trouble. We're going to have trials. And we're going to have all kinds of things that are coming against us as God's kids. So over the years, God has rescued me from my own mind when I would think things that I shouldn't think or less than I should think. And then there are times God's rescued me from my emotions, going to just to a pit of despair uh, or discouragement. And then there's times that God has rescued me, especially in my adult life, from the enemy's attack. Now, that is the theme throughout the entire Bible, from the very first book of Genesis in the Old Testament, the Revelation in the New Testament. The theme is how God rescues his children. And anytime you really study and look at how God rescues his children, we are always involved in that rescue. That yes, God wants to rescue us. Yes, he loves us. Yes, we get ourselves in trouble. We cry out to him for help and he comes to our rescue. And he rescues us again and again. Many times that he rescues us when other people make decisions on our behalf. Somebody makes a decision that you did not make, nor would you make. But the residue of the consequence of that decision rubs off on you. And now you're having to deal with it in this economy, or you're dealing with it at the workplace, or you're dealing with it in a relationship of people that you didn't bring into your life. But then there are times that he rescues us when we make the choice, when we make the bad decision, we make the call. It was our mistake. We got to own it. Yes, I fouled up. I went the wrong direction. Yes, I made that call. And when we ask God in the middle of the mistake even that we made, Father, we're sorry. Would you please help us? Would you please come to our rescue? He says yes, and he's there. Now, don't miss the fact that you're involved in your own rescue plan. Whether it is instructions by God to stand still and don't panic and watch what I do for you, or whether it is a specific instruction of an action plan that he wants you to take concerning your rescue, um, you are involved in God's rescue plan. Now, in the book of Jonah, Jonah is four chapters in the Old Testament. It is a wonderful story, and there's so much truth in it. And many of us grew up, we remember hearing the story of Jonah and the whale. If you're my age, you saw a flannel graph lesson on it. But there's so many things in the book of Jonah that we can take from our involvement today in how God wants to rescue us. And I'm going to give you three verses out of chapter three. So think about that. I'm skipping two chapters to chapter three, where the Bible says, then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Now, God didn't have to do that. Like most dads, we would say to our kids, I told you once, that should be enough, right? Well, God's not like that. God's like, I told you once. Okay, you didn't listen to it. I'll tell you again. So he comes to Jonah, the Bible says, the second time. And he says really the same thing you told him in chapter one, get up. Go to that great city of Nineveh and deliver a message that I have already given you. And this time, not the first time, but this time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and he went to Nineveh, a city so large it took three days to go through it or three days 
to see it all. Let me pray. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for what you did in the first hour. Thank you for everyone that was here. Thank you for everyone that's watching online. And Father, right now, I pray that you speak to the hearts and lives of everyone in this room. Because here's what I know about us. We always need you to rescue us. There are always things going on in this world, on this planet, going on in our lives, in our own place of work where we need your help. We need your rescue. When it's our relationships within our family, whether it's our finances, Father, whether it's something somebody else did or said that we're now involved in, we need rescue. We need your help. So today, Father, I pray that you would bless the people. Please speak to them. Get me out of the way. Just use me as a mouthpiece anointed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, church family, I have a news for you, an announcement to make. There has been a warrant issued for your arrest. There's a picture of you in the lobby of heaven. An eternal all points bulletin has been set aside for you. Angelic officers have been instructed to bring you in by any means necessary. And it is not because God is mad at you. It is because God loves you. The Bible says in the Old Testament, in one of my favorite passages of Scripture, Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 13, God said, For I hold you by your right hand, I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. And God wants you to be close to him. He wants you to be near him, not so that he can restrict your life, not so that he can keep you in a cage and keep you out of trouble. God wants you to be close to him. He is after you to keep you while you are here on this planet under his protective custody. And every one of us know with the things that are happening around us that if we're gonna live here, we need God's protection. We need his rescue. We need his hand and we need his help. So God is after you. He wants you to be near him and to keep you near him because he loves you. He wants you because he created you, because he planned you. Your parents may have been surprised when they heard about you going to be born, but God was not. You're not an accident. You were born with a purpose. You were wired for your work. You're crafted for your calling. So much so that everything you need to live the kind of life that God wants you to live, everything you need to live a very blessed life is already in you. Take a look at the side screen. You have no deficit when it comes to reaching your destiny. Everything you need is already inside of you in latent form. But you have to stop running from your rescue and just go ahead and turn yourself in. Jonah was a man of faith. He's a child of God. There's no question about that. And he also had a very bold personality type. And God told Jonah what to do. Now, there's no confusion in God telling him what to do. God texted him, God DM'd him, God said, Jonah, go to Nineveh. But Jonah decided that he would go in the opposite direction. Now, when it comes to your purpose in life, there's no question about it. There's no confusion about it. God created you for a purpose. He, you have a calling on your life. You are crafted and you are wired for that calling. And of whatever age you are today, if you say, well, pastor, I'm not sure, could somebody help me with that? Could somebody tell me what it is that I'm here for, or what it is I'm supposed to do? Here's the answer. No, we cannot. I can't tell you as my sister in Christ what your purpose on this life is. I can't tell you as my brother what your purpose is. When God's called you, it wasn't a conference call. It was a straight, direct call from you to him. And if you don't know or if you're confused, go ask him. Father, what do you, why am I here? What is the purpose? And watch him open up that for you. Because your purpose is not something you decide. Your purpose is something you discover. And once you discover it, then it's up to you whether you're, not going to, whether you're going to submit to it or whether you're not going to submit to it. Now, here we go. There are a couple of things in Jonah's story that you may have heard in the past or maybe you've missed that I think will help us today when it comes to how we are involved in God rescuing you. Here now, here now. 
from the decisions or the situation maybe that you're in right now. And here's the first one that you should see. Jonah chapter 1 now. I'm backing up two chapters. Chapter 1, verse 3. He bought a ticket, Jonah did, and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. So God told him what to do. Watch this. He bought a ticket. He went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord. He went to Tarshish. So he gets in a boat. He has to pay a fee. So going in the wrong direction is now costing him something. God would have sent him to Nineveh for free, paid the bill. But now for Jonah to go in the wrong direction, he has to pay a fee himself. That's number one. It's always going to cost you. Take a look. It's always going to cost you when you head off in the wrong direction. If we have any older members of our church in here, those of you that lived a while, you've experienced a little bit of life, you could help me with this. Tell those that might be younger that going in the wrong direction is going to cost them. Because every one of us of an older age knows that going in the wrong direction has cost us time. Going in the wrong direction has cost us money. Going in the wrong direction has cost us heartbreak. Going in the wrong direction or hanging with the wrong people has cost us, has cost us emotional damage. Doing life with a person that you were not supposed to do life with is going to cause untold emotional damage into your life and cost you time that you will never be able to get back again. Going in the wrong direction will always cost you. Now, here's Jonah going in the wrong direction. He's on the boat, and he's down in the bottom of it, and he's just chilling out. And while he's doing that, the Bible says in chapter 2 that a very strong wind began to blow against that boat out in the middle of the sea. So much so that the sailors thought the boat was going to break apart. Now, the wind blows, and then the wind starts blowing harder. What is that? What is it about this wind that's blowing against this boat? Well, let me tell you. It is a sign from God, turn around the boat. Don't go in that direction any longer. Now, every one of us as his children that have decided to go in a direction that God didn't want us to go, hang out with people we shouldn't hang out with, choose to do something we shouldn't do, work in a certain place, or whatever it might be, every one of us have experienced natural forces that God has sent against us to get our attention. The problem is when our loved ones see it, many times we cannot. That's point number two. When you are not surrendered to God, your self-awareness, your discernment gift, or your judgment becomes impaired. Have you ever had a family member or a friend or somebody you cared about very much? You see them making a bad decision. They don't get counsel. They don't seek a multitude of uh, people that they trust. They don't let anybody speak into their life. Their emotions just rule the day. And your emotions do not have a brain, never has had, and never will have. But because of somebody's emotions driving them, they decide to make a decision. And when they make that decision, God all of a sudden blocks their way here, blocks their way there. They get sick. Their car breaks down. This ain't happening. Something happens to where... And, and you, as a loved one, watch them and go... That's God trying to stop you, right? But they can't see it. Because when you are not spiritually sober, you miss things that you would easily miss if you were. Man, many times God tries to stop us, but all of us, we don't see those things until we start looking back. And then when we look back over our life, we go, my discernment was impaired. I shouldn't have gone to the prom with that person. My discernment was impaired. I shouldn't have chose that major. My discernment was impaired. I shouldn't have made that decision. I shouldn't have went to work for that company. I shouldn't have hung out with those people. My discernment was impaired. Why? Because there wasn't this close surrender to God. There was a running from him, and they couldn't see it. Well, in this book of Jonah, we also see that the ship, the Bible says, was breaking apart. The sailors on board started to throw the cargo over. Now, there's an important thing you need to know about this ship. It was not a passenger ship. It was not a cruise ship. This wasn't Carnival, and this wasn't Royal Caribbean. There was no karaoke night, no hot tub, and no entertainment on this ship. This was a cargo ship where, mer where merchandise, valuables were carried. They would be compensated, these sailors, by, for delivering these, this cargo to different ports of call. 
So for them to throw their cargo over was a wasted voyage. It was saying that what we are out here to do, we will not accomplish now. So in throwing the cargo over, they had Jonah stay on. Listen, don't throw your valuables over and keep Jonah on. Throw Jonah over and keep your valuables on. Take a look at this on the side screen. If you are in any relationship that causes you to have to throw your values away to maintain that friendship, it is not a relationship that is orchestrated by God. Many, yeah, yeah, the nine o'clock crowd clapped right there. I, here's the thing. When you in your life have things that you deem as valuables, these are values that I have in my relationship with God. God's not sending anybody in your life to cause you to throw those away. It is so important that you get a revelation of this because many times the enemy will cause you to think you really need something or someone who is killing you softly. Ooh, that's good right there. So let me go on with the story. So the people on the boat who were not followers of God, matter of fact, Pastor Tim taught us last week that uh, uh, there are a lot of people in the Bible that worshiped idols, and they were little g gods. Anytime you see God spelled out with a little g, you know it's not the God of this universe. It's not the creator God. It's false gods, made up gods, little toys, trinkets that people deem as important. So these people that were on the boat began to pray to their little g gods and ask them to save them. Nothing was happening. The boat's breaking apart. They're throwing the cargo off. And they go, who was that guy that got on the ship that's down? They go downstairs. They wake him up and say, who are you? Where are you from? Who are your people? And what are you doing here? Well, he already told them when he got on the boat that he was running from his God. So they, then they said, pray to your God, little G-God. Pray to your little G-God. Maybe he will answer you. Jonah answers back, I don't have a little G-God. I have the God who created all this water, the God who created all the land. I got the God who created all the universe. He is the Lord God and the only Lord God. So he's bold, right? So they're scared to death. And they go, you're the reason we're all out here losing our lives. And so Jonah says, well, you know, throw me over then. If I'm the reason, you, you, just, you just go ahead and, and you throw me over. But these guys, watch this, begin to pray to Jonah's big G God. And they said, Father God, we don't want to kill this man. Don't hold us responsible if we have to throw him off this boat. Please help us. And they began to row this boat back to the shore as quickly as they could. But they got nowhere because the wind picked up and was even stronger. And so finally, the, Jonah in a, in a moment of maturity says, I'm the problem here. I'm the one that's causing you time and resources and maybe even your lives. So throw me over. Well, that was a point of maturity for Jonah. Good for him. But here's the problem I have with that. Jonah was a grown-up man. If you need to get off this boat, <laughs> right? No, that leads me to point number three. Sometimes you must protect yourselves in times of strength from yourselves in times of weakness. See, Jonah knew, I need you to throw me off because I might get up there at the edge of this thing, look over, and decide not to jump. So just hold me accountable and go ahead and help me do something in a time of weakness that I'm really talking big at at a time of strength. Man, don't we all need that in our life? Aren't there times in our life that we talk big, that we act big, and that we are big? But then there's these times of weakness hit us. We get tired. We get emotionally down. We get beat up a little bit. And now we're not as strong as we used to be. We get hurt in a marriage relationship or we get hurt on the job or we get overlooked or whatever it might be. And those are the times we need a brother in Christ. And I hope that's what the people of Fellowship Church are to you guys. I hope you have brothers and sisters in Christ that'll come alongside of you and say, hey, 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 you need to stop all that. You need to go see a marriage counselor. All right, come on, come on. Let's go see a marriage counselor. Don't be, don't be talking like that. Are you, you, listen, you don't give up on your job. Don't quit. You're more than that. You're better than that. When you start getting down on yourself, somebody remind you who you are in Christ and the fact that you don't even belong on this boat with those people. What are you doing here? Get your act together. Get back in line. But somebody that'll hold you accountable. Listen, if you are a man in this church and you ever have coffee with me at a restaurant or we ever have lunch together and I catch you flirting with the waitress, I'm busting you. 
Oh, yeah, baby. I'm going to take a picture of it. I'm going to put a picture of her. I'm going to send it to your wife. I'm going to text her. I'm going to DM her. I'm sending notice to your kids. I'm going to send notice to your grandkids. You flirt behind your wife's back with this waitress who's only talking to you because she wants more tip. But don't we all need that? Somebody just come alongside of us and hold us accountable and say, man, you, you, you're better than that. Don't be acting like that, right? So Jonah knew that. And so Jonah says, I need you guys to throw me off. So they throw him overboard. And when they do that, the Bible says that God had prepared a fish. Now, let me help you with this. Your flannel graph lesson and your teacher in Sunday school were wrong. This was not a whale. A whale is the biggest slash fish mammal that we know of today. So we refer to this as Jonah and the whale. It wasn't a whale. The Bible said God prepared a fish, a particular fish that could hold a man for three days and three nights with enough air inside of that fish to allow him to breathe. So this wasn't a whale. This was a big fish prepared by God. And many people think, well, this was God's judgment. Jonah described this in a prayer. He said, when I was thrown into the water, the waves were so big, seaweed wrapped around my head, and I sank, the Bible says. He sank to the depths. He was down there about out of breath, and this whale, whoom, big fish, whoom. <laughs> See, it's in me. It's in my DNA from flannel graph teachers. But anyway, swallowed him up, the Bible says, right? Now, now I want you to think about this. That's God's judgment. God's showing them that big old fish swallowed Jonah. No, I don't I want to argue with that. I think it was God's mercy. Because what would have happened to Jonah if he'd have stayed in that water? He'd have drowned. Maybe hypothermia kick in. Maybe died of that. Maybe predator fish were in the area that would have ate him. But when God swallowed him up, watch this, covered him up, watch this, protected him from the elements with a new form of transportation. Well, let me put it this way, God's first Uber. <laughs> huh? And the Bible says that when he was in that fish, he began to pray. And he asked God to please, first of all, he said, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for what's happened. He's beginning to repent. I'll do anything, Lord. Please get me out. You know how we do, right? We get in a mess. Oh, Lord, I won't do this next time. And then his prayer from repentance turned into praise. He started praising God. You're wonderful. You're awesome. You're almighty. And I thought about that for a minute. What are you doing in the middle of complete darkness? You don't know how long you're going to be there. He was there three days and three nights. He didn't know that. He didn't know which way that fish was going, deeper, up, this way, that way. He had no idea what was happening. He was in other darkness, but now he's praising God. Well, I did do a little research on whales because that's the biggest mammal fish we have today. And, and when I say research, I mean I Googled it, right? <laughs> that's what we do. And I found out that a whale has digestive enzymes in his stomach that are acidic in nature. And they're there to be able to break down food sources that come into that whale's belly. So here Jonah is in the middle of something that should have destroyed him, a situation that should have torn him apart, and he's still whole. How many of you have ever gone through a situation or a circumstance that tore other people apart and should have torn you apart, and here you sit in Fellowship Church on Palm Sunday 2022, still whole? So here's the progression. God spoke to Jonah. Jonah didn't listen. Jonah spoke to God. God spoke to the fish, and the fish spit Jonah out. Let me say it again. God spoke to Jonah. Jonah didn't listen. Jonah spoke to God. God spoke to the whale, the fish, and the fish spit Jonah out. Couple of thoughts. Number one, God speaks fish. Because we have a creator God who can speak to all of his creation. Didn't Jesus say, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out? You remember that? Rocks have mouths. You just can't see them. Didn't God say, 
Moses talked to, talk to that rock and, and out of that rock will come water and water gushed out of the rock. There was no hole drilled in the rock that went to an underground stream that caused that water to come out. Water came from that rock. Why? Because God spoke to that rock to bring water out of that rock. We have a God that speaks fish, that speaks rock, that speaks to all of his creation. And he tells that fish to spit Jonah out, guess where? On his way to Nineveh. <laughs> now this is interesting. Jonah didn't even know that the whale was getting ready to spit him out. Jonah just knew that he was in a very dark place and God wasn't talking to him. God was talking to the problem. So God gave him, listen very carefully, God gave him an exit without an announcement. Here's the last point. God will do things, some things, without telling you when he is going to do them. There are some things God is going to do for you that he's not going to announce it to you in advance. So in those really dark and scary times when it seems to you like God is silent, you don't know who God's talking to. You don't know how God's fixing it. But he may not announce to you that your exit from this season, your exit from this situation, your exit from this circumstance caused by yourself or by somebody else is right about to happen. And then the Bible says, and you saw it read, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Three, two chapters later. Jonah, all that running, all that wasting time, all that seaweed wrapped around your head and all that experience. Two chapters later, you're now right where you should have been if you would have taken the three days to go through Nineveh and tell them what God said. You, you could have done that while you were in the whale or the big fish. <laughs> you could have already had the job done had you not run. Listen, dear child of God, don't waste any more chapters of your life. God always gets his person. If he wants you, he's relentless. You're not gonna outlast him. He's patient. He'll outweigh you. But you'll come to where he wants you to be in this life. The question is, how many chapters are you gonna waste before you finally just surrender? This boy came from... Indianapolis, Indiana, by way of Orlando, Florida, Fort Worth, Texas, Jackson, Mississippi, North Richland Hills, Texas, to Grand Junction, Colorado, 33 years ago, to tell you this, the greatest decision that I ever made in my life was when I just turned myself in. And I didn't know at the time that my part in turning myself in would bring about in my life over and over again my heavenly father stepping in and rescuing me. Would you bow your heads with me for a minute? I wonder how many of you here today are just in a state of confusion or maybe watching online. And you're in a place where you need a supernatural rescue. Your situation or your circumstance is one that if you could have fixed it, you would have fixed it already. But there's confusion wrapped around it. There's other people involved. You're not sure the right direction to go or in this particular situation, you're not sure where, which way you're going. And for some of you, the situation is so dire and so bleak and so dark. You're not sure if it's in one day, two days, three. You don't know that you're ever getting out of it. But here's the cool thing about your father who loves you, who wants to keep you in his protective custody. When you find yourself in a place that you need to be rescued, even as a result of your own bad judgment 
and poor decisions. All you have to say to your Father God is, I'm so sorry. Would you rescue me from this, please? And your Heavenly Father says yes. Doors will open that you didn't open. Doors will shut that you couldn't shut. Blessings will come your way and you'll find yourselves in a room with friends that shouldn't like you. You'll be in rooms and people look at you and they're all confused and you'll look at yourself going, I'm confused too. I don't know how I got here. And your heavenly Father speaks to the right people, the right circumstance, speaks right into the situation. And before you know it, that season you thought was going to do you in, just spit you out right where you're supposed to be. You need a supernatural rescue today, maybe from what somebody else did or maybe from what you did yourself. Would you slip your hand up real high, please? Just slip it up real high. Be real in this place. Father God, here we are. We're one hand away from a surrender. We're one hand away from saying, Father, I need you. I surrender. I'm turning myself in. Running from you is stupid and it's a waste of time. So here I am to do your purpose in this life and to live the blessed life you want me to live. I'm here, Father. I'm begging you and I'm asking you. You don't have to announce my exit from this situation, but please let me experience it quickly. And it is in Jesus' precious name I make this request. Amen. Love you. Enjoy lunch today. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not yet made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, I'd love to give you an opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I know I've made mistakes and I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again. Come and be the Lord of my life and lead me from this day forward. Thank you for giving me a home forever in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited. Welcome to the family of God. We would love to invite you to text 94,000 with the word heaven. And this will put you in touch with one of our pastors and we can celebrate with you and answer any questions you might have. Also, if you're in need of prayer about anything, you can submit your prayer requests to us by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your requests and immediately start covering you in prayer. If this is your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or you just want to learn more about one of the ministries, text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are just a phone call away. You can call us at any time at 970-245-PRAY with any questions you might have. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week either online or in person.